three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. Your host, Scott Needham. Every episode, I want to give you some value that you, you can improve your Amazon business tomorrow. I try to learn a lot. I read a lot of information. And what I really like is when someone shares a new tactic, then I'm like, oh my goodness, I can use this in my business. And, you know, I've been chatting with this guest for a few years, maybe now, and he recently showed a specific ad strategy that gets really good results. And I was like, it's Christmas and it's time to like be a little bit more creative. I've got Josh from eSpark agency for helping Amazon sellers. He actually has his own private label business that he sold years prior, but I'll let him tell his story. Joshua, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Scott. I think you and I got our start probably roughly the same time, like seven or eight years ago, building out private label business. So I wasn't doing private label at first. I was doing reselling. You know, sometimes I wish I did private label. I think that it's an interesting way to go. But tell me, like, what led you guys to start Private Label and, and any part of that story that's interesting? Yeah, well, we actually might be more similar than than you think then because I started reselling, then I okay. went to wholesaling, and then I went to Private Label. But I did all that in like six months. Okay. As I say, like, I really advocate a lot of people like, you know, you're going to transition your business at some point. So it doesn't really matter exactly how you start to jump in as long as you see opportunities and you jump on them. Some businesses are like more exitable, you know, like success actually has a higher swing. Some of them are just like, they're going to make money tomorrow. I feel like reselling, if you do it right, you're just going to make money tomorrow. That's what you want to do. Do that. But I actually want to hear more about your private label journey. Yeah, we started out selling expandable garden hoses. And so we built this little lawn and garden business around that. And then I would say about two or three years in, I mean, this is back when you could launch, be on the first page right away. The only type of advertising available was like generic sponsored products. There was no sponsored display, no sponsored brands at the time. So it was a totally different environment than Amazon now. But we built that business up for a couple of years. I made the emotional decision, actually not really a probably great business decision to move to the agency model. I love the aspect of getting really good at selling Amazon, but I hated like supply chain, product development, all that stuff that goes into building like a truly great brand. So I ended up taking my little two-man team at that time and converting all of our SOPs into an agency model. And I found out that I loved helping other people succeed with our Amazon knowledge. And the business has just taken off since then. And I've been much happier for it as well. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Because like, I think my initial inclination is to go the other way. We've done some agency stuff with Buy Boxer. And it's going strong, but anytime I get involved in it, oh my goodness, I just like, I'm like, no, please don't, don't put me in front of a customer. No, never. It's, it's hard. It's hard to like deliver results because I can't tell you how many strategies I've done. It didn't work out quite right. And I, I have spent so much money on experiments and I, and I keep doing it. I'm still a sucker for it because I enjoy it, but I always am looking for like, what can create a lift? Ad campaigns that, you know, just perform better and actually deliver long-term results. You have my attention. We are going to talk about one, we're going to talk about sponsor display as, you know, that's what sparked this conversation. No reference to your company's name. When it comes to, like you said, like sponsored products was the first ad type and things have like evolved from there. And it almost feels like Amazon is just like, not just doubling down, like tripling down on the ads and technology for it. They could not release things faster 
And I'm sure some people are frustrated because there's other parts of Amazon that feel like it's like a snail walk of incremental improvements. So they're moving where they see the money and like it's really working as people are moving away from other ad platforms into Amazon. I just gave a brief story. I'm actually curious how you would classify the same thing. Yeah, I'm seeing the exact same. I mean, if you look at Amazon's revenue as a company over time, I mean, ad revenue just keeps growing 20%, 30%, 40%. It's crazy. And so I think that if you're Amazon and you're a profit-driven company, you're going to double down like what you mentioned where the growth is. And advertising still performs really well on Amazon. It's not saturated. It tends to perform better than Google ads, et cetera partially because you have people with high purchase intent, right? So you're bringing in people that are going to convert better. They're ready to buy. So if you're putting an ad in front of them, it's generally going to perform better than more on an exploratory platform, maybe like social, Google, Facebook, et cetera, where you're targeting demographics. So I just think that everything about Amazon advertising right now is prime for additional You know, growth. it might be the most bottom funnel of all the advertising. Yeah. You think about it just like the shopping intent, like, that's why you go on Amazon. If you type in ping pong paddles on Google, yeah, you might be looking to buy. You all just might be looking to learn. I just want to learn about the differences. I'm not ready to shop yet. I want to win an argument with my friend of like, you know, what's the best type of paddle? I mean, Google is actually a high intent. It's search. And I'd almost say that like Facebook might, the social channels might be a little bit even lower intent because you're looking to be entertained first. Yeah. I look at social as more, I mean, you can definitely drive traffic and oh, yeah, sales no. on social, but like you said, it's more, I think there you're kind of building some awareness or you're more on that awareness and desire section of the funnel. Uh-huh. Now, regarding the, the main advertising types, sponsor products, sponsor brands, sponsor display, and maybe the DSP, but we don't probably don't even go into that one. Of those three, which ones do you think some are more bottom of funnel? Ooh, that's a great question. And to explain when we're talking about like bottom mm-hmm. of funnel, like some people may not, you know, think like a internet marketer. It's a sales funnel where like the top of the funnel is just like awareness. And the bottom of the funnel is like, you know, basically where like the liquid or the gold leaves the funnel and people are buying. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like how we're talking about the sales funnel. The way that we tend to think, we want to make sure that we're distributed well. Like, let's say we're coming at it from an advertising strategy. I think your question was sponsored brands, sponsored products, sponsored display. Do any of these correlate particularly well to one section of the funnel? And I would say that we've seen more of it as you can convert with a sponsored brand ad just as well as you can with a sponsored product ad. It depends more on the search term, right? So the search term kind of tells you how far in the funnel somebody is, right? So we tend to think more of the funnel as the search term, like a broad search term would be somebody searching let's say garlic press, like I want to look at some garlic presses. More narrow or bottom of funnel would be like garlic press with blue handle that self cleans or whatever. I'm not a great garlic press expert, but that person really knows what they want. And in that case, you know, you're a little bit higher conversions. We call those longer tail keywords. So we tend to think of the funnel more search term driven. And then we use the different ad types to ensure that we have the coverage that we want on the page or wherever that search term happens. Although now with sponsored display, which we're going to get into, it now becomes like instead of doing search terms, now we're looking at like views remarketing or demographics, etc. Yeah. So sponsored display is the first I've noticed in like what's readily available to sellers to do this type of targeting where like you retarget people that have either visited your page before or can you do it if they visited a competitor's page? 
Yes, you can look at people that have viewed similar products. Right, yes. And there's something, some category level stuff. But where do these ads actually display on Amazon? It's not in the traditional like search spot. Isn't it like the ones on the sides? Yeah, so for for sponsor display in terms of where they're showing up, there's actually a couple different places. They'll be on the sides. They call it product page right, product page left. They also have product page middle where they'll be like that really thin one that you rarely see sometimes. You'll get to be on what Amazon, they have like a larger rectangle that shows up in the bottom right section of product pages. So these sponsor displays are a bit untraditional in terms of where they're showing up and how they're showing up. I might be getting too much detail, but you can actually custom your creatives now. So you can add a custom logo, you can add a unique headline, and you can change the image on it as well. So with sponsored products, you're, you used to be a bit limited in that just, okay, take my listing, how it looks everywhere else, and just put it here in position number one when people search for things. Okay, great. Now with sponsored display, you can show up in all these different places, not just on the search page, but on product detail pages, and you can start customizing the creative and utilizing different text. So I know I threw a lot at you there. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I tend to geek out and get excited. No, no. Um, but in terms of like, let's just take, actually, I like to do this example because it applies to me. Our private label brand, we have about a hundred products. We do about 3 million in sales. And to this date, no real like sponsor display experience. What do you think would be the easiest first steps to just convert well? And maybe even like the type of product does matter if people are uh, more likely just to see it and be like an impulse buy it. How should I think about it? Yeah, great question. So let's say my first sponsored product or sponsored display campaign. In your position, I'm thinking, like you said, what's the lowest hanging fruit? One that I can most likely have success with. And I think that views remarketing at least in my experience, has been easy to set up, generally more profitable than the other ones and a little bit more simple. So let me take a step back. When you're running sponsor display and you're choosing audiences, right? Used to you choose search terms, like with a sponsored product. I want to show up when somebody searches for garlic press. Okay, great. Amazon puts you there. Now you're saying, I want to show up when somebody has looked at other garlic presses or things that are like garlic presses. So that's views or marketing. You could also say, I want to show up to people that own these blenders. I mean, like there's crazy things that you can sort on in terms of audiences. Now you can also do purchase remarketing, which is, I want to show up to people that have bought, not viewed, but bought our product before. So depending on your product, you might want to go with audiences, views, remarketing, or purchases remarketing. But I think it's sort of a generic catch-all for everybody on this podcast. Views remarketing is a really good place to target because you're looking at people that haven't purchased yet, but have looked at a product that's like How do you know they haven't product. purchased yet? What if they looked at your product and they bought a competitor's product? And if you show them, then they, they may already have their need done. Yes. So in theory, at least, right? I can't quite see behind the scenes of the Amazon. Sure. But in theory that would wind that customer would be flagged and put into the purchases remarketing bucket right because amazon's going to know they've made a purchase of a similar product before okay in theory they're handling that exactly yep so views remarketing you know you're hitting someone with a need i do know that sometimes i'm the same you know i i browse 
no, no, I have to buy in the next week. But like sometimes I just browse and then like a week later, I get a week closer to Christmas. I get a little bit more desperate. And uh, no. so, you know, remarketing to me would be great. Is it as simple as that? Like, you know, you could just select an image, just the, the hero image of the product. Anything else that people should be considering in terms of views remarketing? Yes. So one thing that we're seeing, and this is kind of, I think, giving away a little bit of special stuff, is when Amazon launches sort of a new way to target customers, right? A new ad type. It's usually not quickly adopted by everybody. I mean, even look at you, right? Like you're crushing it with your private label business. You haven't even messed with sponsored display. And it's been around for several, maybe even a year now. In the early days, bids are generally very cheap. And as Amazon tweaks their algorithm, the performance of the ads tends to improve. So we're now at that sweet spot where bids are relatively cheap still. Not everybody has come in and poured lots of money into this. It may always be like the third thought of people, because I do think that sponsored products was just pushed, pushed, pushed so much. I've seen people that have said like, that's all you need to do. Anything mm -hmm. else, irrelevant. And obviously, like that's kind of a, an opinionated take. So it may always be less expensive. And that's why I want people to try it. That's why I made my post about it is because it's like, look, this is kind of free money sitting here right now that I think is relatively easy to get. Have you ran any of these campaigns that just didn't work out quite like you wanted? Yes. Yeah. And I'm always happy to admit that. So what we were doing in the early days, we tried in sponsored display. Now, remember how we're going at different audiences. We can either do audiences, views remarketing, or purchases remarketing. We went heavily into Amazon audiences, and we've still been very hit or miss in that bite and that targeting type because, I mean, I'm guessing because this is more awareness level right? Kind of like Facebook, you're just showing your, some, your product to somebody that meets a demographic. So you're showing your swimsuit to 35 to 44 year old women who own a pool. They may not be shopping for swimsuits. You're just, you know, building that awareness. Whereas views remarketing is further down the funnel, like we talked about earlier. So it tends to have better conversion rates. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do audiences, but for people on your podcast that are looking for quick wins, start with views remarketing and then build your way up that funnel where you want to get to people on the audience level. Is it helpful to, on the views remarketing to, to update your bids? Like, should you go for like inexpensive clicks or should you pay for like the most valuable clicks? Great question. I think that right now, so with the views remarketing, you really have kind of not that many options. The dynamic segments are advertised products or similar to advertised products. So on the similar to advertised products, we tend to bid a lot lower just because that one's, it's similar to, it's not necessarily the advertised products. So you're trusting the Amazon algorithm to know what similar to means, <laughs> which as you know, yeah. Amazon algorithm might think an iPhone is similar to a garlic crust and it's not. Whereas with advertised product views or marketing, you're getting your product right back out there in front of somebody that's looked at it before so that there's relatively high intent there and you have a little bit more control. So we'll bid more on those. But you know, it's a really cool idea and one that I haven't even tried yet. You know, your sort of scavenger campaign idea of, of bidding really low and just seeing how it performs. That might be a great thing to do here. Yeah, yeah, I wanna try that. I wanna go for like a really inexpensive bid. If it does nothing, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, you have less to lose and it's more of just like the more i see advertising and optimize it it's like you're almost setting up engines different you know feedback loops you kind of want to find new profitable ones any sort of private label seller will be happy with anything less than 20 percent a cost like just like 
you'd say yes to all of that. And there's a few more of those feedback loops that you could keep finding. And I, I think that's a, a great way to think about why you should be adding sponsor display to your mix because it's just a, it's a different ad type. Now I know on sponsor display, you could do video as well. Does that perform or does it just really need like a good creative, a good uh, video to work? Video is interesting. So yes. <laughs> well, video, video. I love video, so I'm a little bit biased here. But when you think about shopping on Amazon, the entire page is generally static. Once you make a search, at least not on the Amazon homepage, but let's say you search Garlic Press, the page is static. The only thing moving on the page is that sponsored brand video and then sometimes sponsored display videos. So what catches your eye but movement? And we've seen really great performance out of some of the worst videos I would have ever imagined, right? Like you think about, oh, I need to put a video on Amazon. This has to be like a Nike level video. I need this famous actor like utilizing my products gonna be high production value. Like, no, that's not the case at all. Like we've seen really low production value videos do really well on Amazon. So what I tell customers or clients is just like, hey, give me anything, man. If it's just you talking about your product and telling the world why it's awesome, like that video can work really, really well. well uh, yeah, that's like, I think for Prime Day C4, the energy drink, they brought in Kevin Hart. And mm -hmm. yep. like, you know, they went all in on, and that has like one effect. There's the opposite where like, what really performs really well is just transparency, things that look relatable. If someone doesn't feel salesy, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's just being matter of the fact. That's interesting. Like sometimes like a bad video actually performs better in terms bad in terms of like production. I call this the TikTok effect, right? Yeah. Like TikTok, it's just people creating user generated content. Like there's no production value. I mean, some of them do, but you know, the average person is just, you know, talking in front of a camera. And right. I think that people are more used to that. I think we always probably were built like that as humans. Like we know advertising, but it's just kind of like that really teased that out of us, how much we value transparency. I perform really well on Amazon. I'm looking at all the videos that we've done and some of them are just very fluff. Whereas like rather, like I just rather watch a person, take the product, spin it around and just be like, this is what it is. Like, this is what you're gonna get, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and do it quickly. Like I see people videos where it's like, five seconds in, you know, their band or their, their logo has swooped in and then five more seconds in, a couple graphics happen. And I'm like, dude, nobody's watching unless you get somebody in the first yeah. three seconds. If you want all that fluff, if you want brand equity, get it to them in after they buy the product, look at like post-purchase stuff for that. If you want to solve someone's problem, you mm -hmm. know, solve it in two seconds on a video. You're so right about that. And that's the thing with Amazon because Amazon has built so much trust with their customers. When I, the customer, I'm shopping on Amazon, like I know that Amazon stands behind the product line. If I don't like it, I can return it, get my money back in like 10 seconds, right? So for me, 99% of the time, I'm just like, does this solve my problem? And then if it does, then I come back and I'm buying the next one because I like the, I start researching more about the brand. Like, oh, this is a cool brand. I want to buy more of their shoes, garlic presses, whatever. Yes. Interesting. I know we've touched on sponsor display. I'm scared to move on if there's something that I just like low hanging fruit. And like, are there types of products that work better on it? Are there, um, we know we like views remarketing, anything else that you can add? Yeah, I think what you mentioned earlier, if you've got videos, start with video. If you don't 
totally fine. You can still succeed with static images. And then with your creatives, what I want you guys to do is test different headlines and logos. So run a user marketing campaign with a certain headline, a certain logo to your advertised products audience, and then try another headline and another logo. What, see, what, I think what's this difference. headline? You can write a headline to a sponsor display? Yes. So now you can add your own headlines. Now, of course, there's limitations, right? Like I forget how many words, et cetera. You have to take a look. But you can now add in benefit-driven headlines. You know what we're talking about, about like solving somebody's problem. Like at the end of the day, this person is trying to buy a garlic press, you know, I see a lot of garlic presses being like, oh, it's small, it's handheld, yada, yada, yada. But ultimately, at the end of the day, this person's trying to cook like a delicious meal. So if your headline can sort of tie that in, like crush garlic to the perfect size to make the perfect flavor for this meal. Ah, Sometimes I'm not a good marketer, but (laughs) you know, like you want to be able to sell that future state, sell the benefit, use the headline to do so. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to try it out. Should be a good time of year to, at least the time we're recording this, this is December 12th. You know, hopefully we're still able to capture a little bit of that. Joshua, you've been in the community for a long time. And mm-hmm. where do you see maybe some future evolutions or maybe what you're trying to, you know, accomplish? Yeah, I think that just based on where, you know, where we've been with Amazon, you know, you used to can launch, be on the first page, spend no money on ads. Amazon has become a place now where it's very much pay to play. You have to have a budget. I think it's very highly beneficial to have an advertising budget and advertising campaign when you launch on Amazon. People always complain like, oh, Amazon's gotten, it's gotten harder. Yes, of course. And it will continue to get harder, right? But as it gets harder, the opportunities evolve and there will be new ad types launched. There will be new placements launched. Amazon will always sort of change the playing field. And if you can pay attention to how they change it, and change what you're doing or test new things, it's still very, very possible and achievable to succeed on Amazon. I remember what you mentioned earlier about sort of that cost of growth, that you've spent a lot of money trying different things on Amazon and figuring out what works. As long as you're doing that as a seller, you're going to succeed on Amazon. And sometimes you don't necessarily need to spend money. You just need to spend time. Let's say you're really bootstrapped. Spend more time figuring out what works. Let's say you have a big budget. Okay, spend some money on ads and figure out what works. But as long as you're willing to invest in that growth, you're going to succeed on Amazon for sure. Yeah. So I guess you're saying you have to listen to a podcast to just stay up to date, right? Yeah. I mean, I think your podcast is the number one place to come, get information, get actionable strategies and test them every time you can. Yeah. It's such a win-win. I know sometimes as an Amazon seller, I was kind of stagnant where like I thought that I had it solved and I just probably would not do a whole lot. You know, I built out some automations and good, great, but I just didn't realize how little I knew and how many more opportunities. So if anything, this podcast is like, it's teaching me how, like how little I know and Mm -hmm. You do need to keep your fishing line in to see if like, because you never know when you're going to find something. Joshua, thanks so much for coming and talking. You post a lot. You talk a lot about Amazon, where people, if they want to reach out, they want to see when you're coming up with your next new insight. In fact, actually, anyone listening, you should just go see his LinkedIn channel where he talked about this strategy, put it in a carousel and just, you know, step by step. And you know, we should have led with this. But you're seeing some like really good return on ad spend. We're talking like 20x, right? It was crazy. It was a 27 row ass campaign. Yeah. So we should have led with that. That's why I brought him on because I'm like, this is a really good strategy. This is better than just your average thing. 
If you want to see the post, it's on LinkedIn and it's Joshua Raw, R-A-W-E. Well, reach out if you have any uh, questions. Uh, his agency is eSpark. It's great to have an OG on the podcast. It was a blast. Thanks for having me, Scott. Love yeah. your podcast. Always great value. I listen to it myself to continue learning. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully, I, I always like to think when I, every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, I just want to get better. If someone says they like it, I'm like, oh, I think I can do a little bit better, but thank you. And and actually, thank you for adding to the value of it with a little trick that you've shared or a strategy. Love to share. This is great. Well, we'll wrap up there. Everyone, thank you for listening. Make sure you, uh, you know, do the usual like and subscribe or whatever, or just, you know, throw out positive emotions into the ether and I'll grab it. Don't you worry. I'm looking out for this. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone have a uh, great week selling on Amazon and uh, hopefully some of these strategies work for you. All right. Take care. One, two, three. Yeah.